Hello, everyone. Welcome to another edition of the Black Shirt Breakdown. My name is Steve Mark. I'm a staff writer at Inside Nebraska, part of the Rivals.com network. And that man over there, that is Jay Foreman, our NFL veteran and former Nebraska Black Shirt. Jay, we are breaking down a transfer edition for the Nebraska football program. First of all, how are you doing? I'm doing all right, man. And uh, hey, a lot's going on here in the new year, and I love it, man. You know, it, it doesn't stop, and that's how you... Uh, you know, build a program. So look, uh, you know, the young man we're going to talk about today is, is, is right on target and uh, people are going to be pleasantly supply or surprised about how, uh, how good he is. Yeah. So it is Bly Hill um, transfer from St. Francis, a, uh, a FCS program out in Pennsylvania, uh, Bly, Bly Hill, a little bit about him, six foot, 385 pounds length for days with this one, Jay on the outside at the cornerback position. So he was kind of lightly under, uh, uh, lightly recruited coming out of high school. Um, and, uh, he chose to go the FCS route. He landed at St. Francis. But the thing about that, that I liked is his very first year last year as a true freshman, he started some games. So he, right. he played in nine games, uh, 21 tackles, one tackle for loss, six pass breakups and two interceptions. So, a lot of good stuff that we're going to be watching here on film. But Jay, when when you first uh, saw Bly Hill's name flash across, and you looked did a little research on him, what 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 did you like most? Well, I mean, before we get into the physical attributes, you know, mm -hmm. Dad uh, Leroy played in the NFL quite some time, and I, his dad was a great player. Mm -hmm. Um, and the and the thing about that, obviously, he plays in a different position because his dad was a, a you know, he linebacker. was a smart guy. We we played linebacker, so. Uh, <laughs> But the thing about it, you know what his dad's made of, and you know he's, uh, you know, put that, you know, into him as well. So that you're getting a kind of an extra player that, you know, a kid that knows how to prepare, uh, knows how to compete, and is willing to bet on himself. As you see, he went to FCS schools, and then he went in there and proved himself. Mm -hmm. And he proved himself to a point that where, uh, you know, Nebraska had their eye on him uh, while he was, you know, playing pretty well at, the, at that level and a potential guy that could come in and compete. And the one thing about his physical attributes – being 6'3", 195, you know, he's long. Uh, he's got good quicks for for a tall, lanky kid. He's got enough size. He's not even lanky. He's not like he's 175 or 165. So he's a big, well-built kid that has a ton of potential. So you're he hasn't even scratched the surface of uh, where he could be. So this is a good get for Nebraska in the sense of you got somebody with major college uh, experience and productivity, and, you know, you're, you're getting a kid that's going to come in and compete willing to take a chance on himself every day. He's going to, he's going to get the max out of it. So he's not only going to be a good player, he's going to be a great locker room guy. Uh, he's going to fit right in there with, uh, you know, Evan Cooper and what they're trying to do, play multiple positions uh, mm -hmm. and he'll tackle as well. Let's get right into the highlights right now. It's easy to see with that six foot uh, three kind of frame and those longs, they go for days. I mean, then this first uh, highlight Jay is, is kind of like a really good highlight to show what he can do um, with his, with his length that he is currently playing with. Yeah. You know, when you have long corners, you think of like a, you know, Richard Sherman and guys like that back in the day before you were, you know, uh, born, see so like a Mel Blunt or somebody like that, where they can make up a lot of space and a lot of room and yardage with their length. Right. So you want to think about length. Think about the play that Javen Wright made, I think at home against Maryland, I think mm -hmm. it was right, right there where you're able to, make up ground just by your natural, you know, God-given, you know, length right here. And watch him right here. Good play diagnosis right here. I like that he's able to fight through traffic and not lose his man. I think one of the things that really hurts young defensive backs is losing, uh, 
you know, the receiver or the, or the person that they're covering in the trash. And look what he did. He did look, he knew he was in a chase position and he knew when he, he knows his length where he can make up ground and look how much he's ground. He made up right there. And we'll look at how quick he's up on the ball. He high points that ball. Look at oh, that yeah. right there. If you, mm -hmm. I mean, that's something that you want on your Twitter account or your yep. uh, phone say, or screensaver on your phone. Look at this right here. Athletic ability right there. High point the ball. It didn't come down with the catch, but that's a great, play on a route that he it that is designed to put him in a negative position and not in a position to be able to make plays and so being a true freshman right there work through the trash right head down he knows when to look right he knows when he got to get within an arm's length before he can start looking back at the quarterback and trying to find the ball really really good play right there and then you see him here in press press cover this is where he he eventually will make his money but that I mean if you go back to the beginning of this play right here Watch how many like pitter patters he has right here. Look at look how quick this his feet are right here. Watch this, one, two. Watch it now. Watch his like rapid mo mo movement right there. See that right there? Yeah. And he's and look how his his eyes are on the hip, and then he goes right up to the shoulder. That's excellent technique. He's reading the eyes right now. He's even with the with the a little bit underneath, even with the receiver, and that's how he's able to make a play right here and essentially run the route. And then I like it that he's able to get downhill at that 45-degree angle and make a play on the ball, and he went with the inside hand. Watch this right here. This is, I mean, these are the little things that you look for regardless of where kids are playing. High school, FCS, Division One, Division Two, NAIA. You look at this right here, and obviously Power 5, that he knew the worst-case scenario, if there was a great tackle and he did you know, somehow keep his balance, that he's going to make the tackle. Mm -hmm. Right? And watch how he's doing it. I mean, he ran the route for him. And, and went underneath it and made a great play on the ball. I mean, this is what you want out of your corner and press coverage right there. It's kind of a press bail, uh, really good patience as well from a cornerback, uh, a long corner right there. He didn't overextend himself, right? He didn't get in too much of an open sprint uh, in his good film study because he knew what route was coming. And this one, again, uh, looks like a, a go route right here. But again, um, Bly Hill, you know, with that length, he's got some speed. And what I liked about this is the, the receiver wasn't running away from him. Just look how long he is. I mean, that, yeah. that has, I mean, just the frame that we're working with here is just really intriguing. Well, it's, it's a whole bunch of intriguing. And I want to say that his, his mom was a basketball player as well. So okay. that's where, you know, his bad dad was about six foot, six foot one. He's a legit six three and he looks like he's still growing. But look at this technique right here, right here. Right. You get a look, you know, you're going in the bail, you know, he's trying to give you an outside release. So now his inside technique right here is taking away any under routes. That's why he's a okay. little bit late in his chase position right here. But look, he gets a little bit even. That's within five yards. Doesn't panic. Right. Then he gets in a sprint position. Right. He's reading the eyes. And this is the best thing he does. He goes to a little bit of a box out technique right here where normally a receiver would like to fade. But when he he doesn't look at this. He doesn't lose his balance in that length. Look at that, right? There. I mean, he's got some uh, cool plays to put on, like, still frames, but I'm sure that yeah. a lot of kids do. But it, being mm -hmm. him, him so long, though, but watch this right here. Doesn't lose the, the ball, and he's able to track it, right? The ball tracking is something that they don't grade enough, I think, for young corners or safeties or even receivers. But look at this right here. He, he goes to the box technique, box out technique. The, re the receiver tries to bump on him a little bit, and he leans back into him again. You see that right there? And where he has enough body control and strength and core strength where the receiver can't bump him off and make that catch. But then more importantly, his length and going up and trying to attack the ball allows him to affect the receiver in his ability to make a you know a pretty good catch right here. Watch this right about now. See that right there? 
Mm-hmm. If you don't have really, really good body control and core strength and strength in your body and uh, timing, you can't effective play play like this, even if you have really good coverage like he has right now. And obviously playing in the Big Ten, he's going to ask to tackle, uh, ha- help out and run support. And, you know, I thought this one, uh, these last two plays, the first uh, first clip that we're going to show has two different angles. So it's um, um, actually two two plays. But, um, you know, what did you see here? I, I like really like that he's wrapping up the ball carriers. Yeah, I like it that he's, you know, look, he's he had diagnosed the plays. He's in obviously man-to-man and his little crack replace. And I like the explosiveness, right? Stick your foot in the ground and find out where you're going. And and, and then obviously arrive and, and, and tackle him. Like your corners, you, you're not expecting to be your, you know, your thumpers. But I like it where he hits him mm-hmm. and he gets him down to the ground. I'm a big fan of that. I call, used to call this the alligator tackle, right? And you kind of use uh, their leverage going outside. And then you kind of twist them back and you kind of, you know, lay them down right here. But mm-hmm. good right here, right? Head across the chest right here. And then the length right there allows – that running back probably thought he was going somewhere, uh, but he got him and, and, and hurled him in like plastic man right there. So that's a really good tackle, a uh, really good play di- diagnosed. And that's the hardest play for a corner to come up and run support when you're playing man-to-man. You got to crack replace and you can't overrun it. And then you got to be able to get up there and know where you're going as far as uh, your leverage and tackling and being a good force player. Look, it was, I don't know if that was a tackle for loss, but a tackle for no gain, mm-hmm. maybe at the most one yard, that's more than a positive play. Uh, defensive coordinators are going to be happy with those type of results. So that play was out wide. And now we see him kind of condensed in right next to the offensive line. And he hangs in there right in the tackle box or around the tackle right. box and, um, you know, gets him down. Yeah. I mean, look, the trash is what really sometimes hurts young corners. Right. Mm-hmm. And again, look, I like this right here. He knew he had outside leverage, right? And look at the outside, I think it's 88 right here. And he's in man-to-man, and then he knew he kind of diagnosed the play right here, right? He gets his hands on him, which is good, right? And the 88 is probably trying to go in to block the linebacker. I like how he threw him off, right, and came off with good leverage, knew he had a little bit of outside help, and then got up there and made a good secure tackle, uh, allow his teammate to come in there and get an assist. And so, you know, what you like is, is the ability – I really like the ability of him – that I, that we saw not only against the pass but the run is to focus when there's trash right and you know that's either by a condensed formation a bunt formation motion obviously we saw him cover a you know a crossing route when when he had to work through the trash and then be able to make a play on it and then obviously he's able to do so with you know extreme amount of body length and body control but better yet he's able to track the ball which is you know allows his timing uh, whether he's intercepting the ball or having a pass breakup, uh, that that makes him very appealing. He has position flexibility as well, right? He can play outside mm-hmm. on either corner. Um, he could be the force corner where you have like more of a run support guy or a wide field corner or the your your, your boundary corner that's going to be able to, you know, you're going to get a lot of those nine routes. You're going to get a lot of those, uh, you know, corner routes. You might even get a little bit of a bang eight where you got to really undercut it and get there. He's shown the ability to do that. And then if he really wants to, he could definitely be a field safety or a free safety where he can cover a lot of ground and he can, you know, so wherever they decide to put him, you know, he just got to continue to develop and get, you know, get bigger, faster, stronger, and then uh, just get used to playing at, you know, this level, which um, he, you know, if you compare him to a regular, say, freshman, right, mm-hmm. um, or a freshman that, that just purely redshirted. He got nine, 10 games in of starting yep. experience. Mm-hmm. So the moment won't be too big. The transition, ideally, right, will be a lot smoother along with his background and upbringing or his parents and support system. 
along with what they have here in Nebraska. I think it was a really good job of getting a under the radar, uh, you know, prospect in the portal that has a ton of upside that you know what he's built, uh, you know, from right. You, you're not only recruiting the player, the parents and the situation, but then also you like the characteristics, at least in my opinion, where, you know, maybe he was under recruited. He didn't throw his hands up and take his ball home. Like, you know, people like to say, uh, he dug his heels in and bet on himself and went to a school that he could go and play and, and compete and play. And then he goes there and he plays well. You know, you sacrifice, let's just say, six months maybe, you know, from the time he got to St. Francis to now. Mm-hmm. And then also academically, he's 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 very good as well. So that lets you know, you know, him transitioning on and off the field, I mean, in the academics and then on the field and then in the locker room. Uh, should be pretty seamless. So I'm sure, you know, everybody's excited and I'm excited to see where he is and what he does, you know, in the spring and and hopefully upcoming in the fall. So Jay, why, why do you, I have a question. I've always kind of wanted to, I think it's kind of my answer might be obvious, but so these bigger corners at like, you know, let's just take Bly Hill, for example, six foot three, what makes them so like, I guess, better suited than other maybe smaller corners with bump and run coverage? Well, they have length, you know, you know, a smaller corner, you know, he has to, you know, really rely on quickness and that depends on how small he is. Right. And so, mm-hmm. um, you know, and, and how he's built, right. You know, you could be a small corner, but really be tall from the torso up. So it really doesn't affect you um, or, or, you know, so forth and so on. So you got to be a little bit quicker and you got to be able to fight through, you know, people's bodies. But when you're smaller, even if you have good technique and you try to get into a jam, you know, jam, you know, technique and jam at the line of scrimmage, they can kind of run through you a little bit mm-hmm. and then use their size, meaning the receiver size against you with him or big corners. They just cover you up. Like they're just there, you know, not only is he tall, right. Mm-hmm. He has long legs, but he has extremely long arms. Yep. So they're, it's kind of almost like they're in the way and then if he has, you know, really good body control. And so you might think you're timing the jump to get up a little bit higher. And then here he comes. And then not only does he get up as high as you in, in a lot of cases, as we saw, a little bit higher. So then it affects how you finish routes. It affects how you, you know, attack him, you know, as far as route running, what routes he does well. The thing that he does really well, which is potentially obviously develops, could be a problem for receivers and a great thing for Nebraska is he has pretty good patience mm-hmm. and, uh, and, in quick feet for a big, tall, l- long, lengthy yeah. corner. So what that means is he's going to be able to use his length at the beginning, if he wants, or in the kind of the middle of the route, what we saw in one of the highlights where they were trying to run that like nine fade. I, I call it a fade nine where you're running a nine and you fade to the, you know, a little bit, and they want to throw it in, in between the, the numbers and the sideline. Mm-hmm. Well, what he's able to do is box you out. He has great body control. Yep. And then when he leaps up, he covers you up, man. It's like an eclipse. You know, he's a legit 6'3". I mean, you you know, some guys on tape say I'm 6'3". Yeah. Or, and he's like 6'1 and a half. Yeah, six My one, man yeah. is 6'. He's above 6'3". Mm-hmm. It might get to the point where he might not say that he's getting taller than 6'4". Because he's so long. He mm-hmm. is a big, long corner, great timing, pretty good speed. And the great thing about those long corners, they're able to make up any speed difference with, with their length and their ability to uh, play the ball. So let's uh, last question here before we get out of here. Nebraska loses two 
bigger corners uh, from last season. Quentin Newsom and Tamon Lynham, both over six right. feet tall. Uh, they get uh, Bly Hill, six foot three. But that's, let's look at who Bly Hill will be competing with uh, for the corner job, for one of the corner jobs at Nebraska uh, this upcoming spring ball and fall camp. Malcolm Hartzog, Tommy Hill, Dwight Boodle, Ethan Nation, Sincere Safawela. Uh, Jeremiah Charles even who began his yeah. career at receiver, but playing a lot of DB now. Um, and then obviously the, the true freshmen that are going to be coming in Mario Buford, Larry Tarver, Amari Sanders, the list goes on. There's a lot of, a lot of DBs in this program. What, what, like just give me your thoughts on, on the DB room and specifically the two corners, um, the corner positions at Nebraska for two, two, 2024. Well, I think when you lose, you know, uh, Quentin Newsom and then Lynham, I think, started to come on some too. I saw him yes, in the did. game, and so yep. you, you lose you lose Newsom, who was a very consistent and became a stalwart, right? Mm -hmm. Where you got to think a couple years ago, you know, he got overlooked for initial black shirt, you know, put his head down, earned it, yeah. and never gave it up. Good leader as well, and you could any and you could count on him in a big game or any game to be you know mm -hmm. successful. So that you're never going to replace that, you know player to player but if there's ever a situation that you feel a little bit com more comfortable about it is that you have Hartzog and Tommy Hill coming back especially since Tommy Hill was one of the better stories I, in my yep. opinion between him between and it's two different I always say Singleton and Hill but Hill mm -hmm. since we're talking about corners where he was a man without position he played offense defense you know with, with the prior uh group it was it seemed like week to week you know, he didn't start off his off season probably the best with, with, with Coach Rule. Coach Rule didn't turn the page on him. And then they must have clicked. And then next mm -hmm. thing you know, Tommy Hill's like, he looks like a totally different player out there. And he made some great plays. And he made a lot of strides, right? And I think we talked about it ever since that Colorado game. A little bit of a mental lapse. I don't think it was on purpose. But just, you know, you just yeah. ain't played a lot and you got caught, right? Mm -hmm. Ever since then, I thought he'd been pretty good and continued to get better. So now you have a starter coming back and another starter, Hartzog. I think Hartzog will bounce back. I think a little bit of a transition, sophomore slump, and not playing a, a, the whole year, your freshman year. So kind of like he's like a freshman in half, in my opinion. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. um, I think he'll bounce back next year. So you feel like you got two starters if you had to roll out there today. And then you got a bunch of guys that have a ton of potential, yeah. uh, where there's Ethan Nation. I think he's a nice young prospect. Mm -hmm. um, you got the younger Boodle. Uh, the younger Buford, who knows where he'll play. Yeah. Um, you got Hill and, and a host of other guys. I think the depth is there. I think the two or three guys will surprise people. And then also I think what helps the corner is, is that you get uh, Buford back in the back end, kind of a jack-of-all-trade. Yep. You got Singleton coming back, and mm -hmm. then you got Gifford coming back. Mm -hmm. So you're allowing them to be more aggressive because you feel that the guys that you have in the back end, meaning the three, I, I call it the rover, and then the two safeties, I call them all safeties, but yeah. um, you feel that you, you you can make up for a lot of mistakes and they can guide these young guys into playing a lot better. So I think it's a great situation for them. Um, obviously, you'd like to have, you know, Quentin back, but he's going to, to bigger and better things. And and so is Lineham. So um, it's different than having a bunch of guys that haven't played. And so, uh, you know, I think that also eases the transition, the learning curve as well. And I think one of the mistakes of the past is always just getting a guy, he makes a couple of plays, then you throw him out there, and then he's starting forever. You mm -hmm. know what I'm saying? And he's he doesn't really truly get that confidence of, I'm ready. He's learning on the job where this way you'll be able to ease in some young guys uh, if they're not 100% ready to be out there as starters. 
Good stuff, as always, from Jay Foreman. So, Bly Hill, he was actually the first transfer as we filmed this on Monday, yep. January 8th. Bly Hill, uh, Nebraska has three incoming transfers. Bly Hill was a first to commit for the Huskers, the other two being uh, former Wyoming and Texas receiver Isaiah Nair, and then former Oregon Duck running back Dante Dowdell, who, Jay, we have to take a look at him. He's, he's a. Yeah, we got to take a look at, we got to take a look at both of them. Yeah. Uh, Dowdell, boy, I think I was just thinking every time we sign a running back, I'll be like, whatever it would be like if I had to tackle him. But, I mean, he's a <laughs> he's a big dude, man. He's a big, yeah. physical, um, powerful runner, mm -hmm. uh, really good quickness, and he's explosive. And I think he'll fit right in the mix. But, you know, look, Emmett Johnson is, is going to be hard to supplant him. But I think the way that they do their, well, at least had done their running back rotation, uh, they feel a lot better with him coming. And then also, uh, with the receiver, I think he's in a position to come in and provide some leadership, but then also mm -hmm. he has to compete because the three freshmen that played last year, they 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 should have taken a lot of confidence in, on the experience and success that they had, and also feel like they have a uh, potential. I wouldn't say stronghold, but they feel like it. You know, it's their position, and so if you come in and compete, there'll be plenty of opportunities for everybody to be successful. Storylines galore for the Nebraska football program as it enters yeah. the offseason. Yeah, man, it ain't stopped, man. This no. is, uh, you know, right, right after, right around, right after uh, the 20th. I thought, oh, you know, me and Steve is going to chill for a little while. <laughs> hey, no, there's like chilling. Every, every Monday. I, then I saw a couple of, and, and they're not done yet. So I think, no, uh, yeah, yeah, it will be pretty busy, uh, you know, moving forward. So that's a good thing. Good stuff as always. All right. For Jay Foreman, my name is Steve Mark, and that was a black shirt breakdown, Bly Hill style. We'll catch y'all later.